Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies. Touchdown, 49ers. Welcome, hello. This is another edition of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrero alongside Levin Black. And Levin, the NFL going forward with their plan. I'm skipping the pleasantries. I'm getting right down to the stake. Troy Vincent and the NFL sent a memo to all 32 general managers and head coaches today. Training camp is going to start on schedule. Rookies report on the 21st of July. Quarterbacks on the 23rd and everybody else on July 28th, except maybe not the 49ers. I read in the Sacramento Bee, and it's been other other places, that the 49ers have told players to expect a later training camp start date than the original July 28th date amid coronavirus concerns. My question to you is, is there something wrong with certain teams being able to start training camp on different dates? Uh, I mean, they've always started on different days. I mean, normally they're, the teams stagger a couple of days, but this is not that situation. It's not going to be a couple of days different. It's likely going to be, my guess is the Niners are going to face a decision of they have to move for the entire year to somewhere else that's willing to take them in or they don't play. That's what the situation is going to be because Troy Vincent Roger Goodell and the NFL are not the governors. They're not the people in charge. They don't get to make this decision, and it's obnoxious that they think they do. Right now, you got certain states that are pretty much ignoring that COVID exists. Of course, I'm talking about Florida, mainly there. Mm-hmm. And then you have other states that are taking it as seriously as the rest of the world has taken it. Those being places like California. It's not going to be equal, and you're going to have almost guaranteed at least one team, if not many teams, or I should say at least one state, if not many states, that flat tell their teams you're not allowed to practice yet. That's too many people. Now, teams might be able to find a way around that. You know, a lot of times they're limiting groups to 20 people. So maybe you have practices on different fields limited to 20 people. But if it's only 20 people, that includes coaches. So now coaches aren't going to be, you know, they're going to have to be trying to use some kind of speaker system or, or something. I mean, it gets really complicated. And that's a massive disadvantage when you can't get your team together. I mean, 20 is not 11 on 11. So it's going to be interesting. This plan, I think, is a bit foolhardy. I can see the point that they're charging ahead and basically crossing their fingers. Hey, maybe things get better, but they're not getting better. The U.S. by and large, is not buying in still, despite overwhelming evidence that masks work and that this is controllable to a degree. And the overwhelming evidence is literally every other country in the world minus two or three. So it's just very naive to me for the NFL to think that they can just do things and keep it going when this isn't baseball where you have 25 people. This is football where you got I mean, you're going to have 90-man rosters, but when you count in coaches that are a lot more than baseball, you count all the personnel, everything, you're going to literally have like 200 people at these practices. It's a large gathering. It doesn't work. And it's interesting because 
like you said, everything could change. The NFL sort of has a time machine here, right? Because they get the luxury just by nature of when they usually play the season to stand back and look at what happens with the NBA and what happens with Major League Baseball and hockey. And, you know, they may get to a point where, look, those other leagues may start and then stop. And then maybe the decision becomes sort of almost taken out of the league's hands. Like they can very easily say, like, look, we just can't do this. You know, is the NFL going to be the one that pushes forward if Major League Baseball cancels their season and the NBA bubble bursts and and they shut that down? Like, I don't know that the NFL is going to have to do that. So they have the benefit of standing back and being the last league to sort of reopen things. Whether they use that to their advantage or not remains to be seen. So the NBA and the NHL are doing it in the only way that it could possibly ever work. And the NFL doesn't have that option because of the numbers. You got right. the NBA doing one hub, calling it a bubble, with very strict rules on what players can and can't do during their downtime. They're able to do this in a more controlled manner because their teams are only 12, 12 players. They limited the number of coaches that are coming. There's some top-level assistant coaches that don't, didn't travel with their teams. They won't right. be there for this. <laughs> They're able to have a small enough number to do a single hub. Now you have the NHL, they're doing two hubs. And that's kind of stretching the limit on what they can do because they have some more players, but they still don't have anywhere near the number of players that the NFL does. The NFL cannot, if they were going to do the hub idea, one, it's just the numbers thing. They're probably going to need like eight hubs minimum. Two, when you get to that many hubs, you don't have enough teams there to have a fair season. Eight hubs means four teams per hub. What, they just keep playing each other? <laughs> Somehow have a play. I mean, they got to travel. That's the difference between them and the other leagues. They have to travel. Now, baseball is trying to do the travel thing, but they, one, don't have as many people. Two, that's probably still not going to work. I mean, I live in Pennsylvania, and I know right now, I mean, it's not technically law, but it is um, restrictions the governor has put in that if you travel to certain states that have high COVID, you're supposed to quarantine for two weeks when you come back. Yeah, I don't really know. So how they gonna, how they're going to have people coming from Florida? You know, how are the Marlins going to come play or or whatever mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh or Philly? You know, it doesn't make sense to be able to do all this traveling. So the only way you can do it is with the hubs. But with the NFL and their numbers, you need too many hubs to where you don't have enough teams to have a true fair. I mean, if you could do it with four hubs, I could see maybe creating something that resembles a good season by doing something like you know. You would have then eight teams per hub. You do a round robin, two rounds. That means 14 games. Because you play the other seven teams twice. So you get 14 game season at least then, and then you have eight teams. It's maybe enough to resemble something of a decent quality, but anything else doesn't make sense how it's going to work anytime soon. Yeah, it's look, they can be positive all they want, but we'll see what happens when push comes to actual shove and they really try and get this thing going. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that very quickly they're going to see that there's going to be a lot of problems that rise up from having to try and push this thing through. Now, one thing that will happen regardless of what happens with the actual season is the new version of Madden is going to come out going to come out in August. The ratings are out. Uh, They're out for every single player. You can go look them up online now on the Madden website. So, of course, we're diving into the 49ers ratings. No surprise who's the highest rated 49er 11. I assume you know. Oh, yeah, Kittle. 
Yes, he is 98. Can't really argue with that. I don't know why it wasn't a 99, but 98 still pretty good. Finally, getting a little respect. I feel like he didn't really get, I mean, he set the record for receiving yards by a tight end in a season, and I still feel like he didn't get the respect. And that's sort of my general point with these Madden ratings. To me, it's a reflection of how these players are seen outside of our little 49ers bubble. So it was nice to see Kittle at the top of the 98. Sure, but I'm going to backtrack there to the very first thing you said. You know, you said the new version of Madden's coming out. I guess you use new loosely because there hasn't been a new version of Madden in like a decade. But anyways, (laughs) that EA Sports, boom, (laughs) I I digress. Getting into the ratings. Yeah, Kittle is the highest rated tight end. It's the way it should be. Um, He's a 98. You could argue he should have been a 99, but really, you don't complain. You got 98 in your top player to your position like you should be. And I'll be honest, looking through it. I don't see too many real gripes. I think the Niners were fairly represented. Some of the gripes that we'll get into that I know you're going to probably want to mention are things that they have always struggled with being fair about. And EA Sports didn't do it just to Niners players that fit this mold, fit what we're going to get into. So I don't really see any huge gripe. Well, the first, I mean, my specific 49ers gripe is the fact that Nick Bosa is only an 89. Like, 89, the guy was in the backfield on every play. Did they not see the Super Bowl? I think he had 12 pressures in the Super Bowl. And that's when he was getting held every other play, and they weren't even calling it. Like, I, how Nick Bosa is not at least a 90, or maybe even higher, to be honest with you? Because I've heard that Chris Sims from NBC has said that Nick Bosa is arguably the top one of the top three defensive players already in the entire league so for him to get to be put where he was really surprised me because i thought he should have been higher yeah i think it should have definitely been in the 90s um that's one of the things though that madden ratings have always been slow on and that's fairly adjusting for rookies you know there there's been players out there that came out of nowhere as a rookie you know we're like a third fourth round pick and then they put up a good rookie season and they're only one or two points better than other third or fourth round picks that did nothing the next year. They've always been slow to adjust their ratings for rookies. Rookies don't rise. They have a very high reliance on veterans who have done it for multiple years. And they're also going with the opposite side of that. When a vet falls off, they're normally pretty slow to downgrade him to the level that he should be downgraded. I mean, in reality, what happens is a, a lot of players go from being really, really good, you know, should be in the 90s, to all of a sudden being replacement level, should be in the 70s. But Madden doesn't do that. They'll drop him like three or four points after the first year and see if he rebounds the next year. You know, it's just the way they are. So I think Boza, yeah, you could you could be annoyed that he wasn't in the 90s, but it's also kind of what I expected. The other, this is my less specific 49ers gripe. So Raheem Mostert is tied for the fastest running back in the game. He's got 95 speed. He's actually tied with former 49er Matt Breida. Both are at 95. Here's my gripe. Tyreek Hill has a 99 speed, yet Matt Breida ran the fastest of anybody in the NFL last year on his 80, I think it was 86 yarder against the Browns. And he ran faster than anybody else in the NFL the year before also. So how Matt Breida is a 95 speed, but Tyree Kill somehow is a 99 makes no sense to me because nobody ran faster than this guy for two straight years. 
They should absolutely, in my opinion, all be 99 um, because I believe they're all uh, sprinter level. You know, they're guys that if they truly train to be sprinters, they might be able to get to that 10 second 100 yard dash. They are track stars who play football is what they are. They should all be 99s. But again, and this is one of the big reasons why Madden has become such a trash game. They can't (laughs) allow a running back to be a 99 for speed because then it becomes like a cheat code. The guy can outrun anybody. So he becomes too much of a dominant player in the game simply because he can outrun anybody. So they can allow wide receivers to have it because the wide receivers need it to get open because in their game, a guy with 99 speed as a wide receiver who gets a clean release will not outrun a cornerback who has an 88 for speed. <laughs> so they can give the wide receiver 99 speed. They can't give the running back because once you have the ball in your hands, it's like everything changes. Where, the running backs get the ball. Where did this intense hatred for Madden come from? I had no idea when I said we should do a Madden's rating podcast that you'd be bringing the fire. My intense hatred for Madden is because they used to be my favorite game. I played every version of Madden from about 93 to somewhere in the 2010s, early 2010s. And for about the last five years that I played it, it just, it was the same game over and over and over. And really what happened is in the late 2000s, you know, 2008 or so, the pro Madden League started to blow up. And what they did is they changed the game to be for those people. They made it highly complicated. They made it to where when you call a play, you need to be doing all kinds of pre-snap adjustments. And it became less about fun and more about being technical with it. And that, But I like all the pre-snap adjustments. It's Shift tedious. The line. Put a I want to play and have fun. It's Hot tedious. Room. And their run games are a joke. Yeah, the run games are pretty bad. I have to adjust the sliders for the run game. That's fair. Ah, yeah. See, you're cheating. And that's what I'm getting at. You have I'm to not cheat. cheating. I'm you have customizing. To mess with, yeah, you have to mess with their custom settings because the game itself doesn't work unless you do that. Because if you leave it as as programmed, unless you're a pro who can do the exact right thing at all times and make all the right adjustments and call the exact right play for a defense that it's facing, you're going to get hit two yards behind the line every single time you try to run. And especially in a Niners system, if you want to run an offense like the Niners run, good freaking luck because <laughs> you cannot run an outside zone run scheme. Yeah, you cannot tough. run to the outside in Madden. Even the pros can't do that. Well, and the frustrating thing for me, like especially growing up, Madden taught me a lot about football, a ton about football, different defenses, what the defenses, what different defenses are good at, at guarding this against them. This explains a lot, Rob. Oh, you know what? <laughs> It's true, okay? Plus, it teaches yeah, it, it did it for me, too. I'll be honest. And so now, yeah, to see that it it is not what it once was is frustrating. And speaking of frustrating, there's two more guys I want to get to. One, I'll save the quarterback for last, but Debo Samuel is only an 80. And here's my question to you. If you were to make a list of young receivers, let's say receivers under 25 that you could have on your team, how many guys are you putting on that list before you put Debo? Not too many. So to me, to give him a, a B minus essentially as an overall grade is crazy to me because who wouldn't take Debo on their team? 
And this is what I was alluding that I knew you would bring up Debo because he is the one that when you look at his rating compared to the other people at the position, you go, what the heck is this? But this is the position in Madden that they do not adjust fast at all. And to prove that, I'll give you DK Metcalf is a 79. AJ Brown, who won rookie of the year. If I no, did he win rookie of the year? No, he finished second, didn't he? Yeah, he finished uh, second to the, to yeah, the Raiders guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. But he uh, he had 1,000 yards as a rookie, and he had the most – my brother's a Titans fan, so I know some of these stats from him. He had the highest average yards per catch, I believe, of anybody who got 1,000 yards or something like that. He had like – I think he had the third fewest receptions of anybody to have 1,000 yards. That's a stat. He's an 81. Man. They Why? do not adjust rookies, players that were rookies and now are in their sophomore years quickly at all, and they don't adjust veterans back fast at all. Amendola is an 80. He's the same as Debo Samuel. That's a joke. And Golden Tate's an 84. Oh that's my the God. one I was going to... That was the next one. Golden Tate's an 84. The guy hasn't had 1,000 yards. He hasn't even... Forget 1,000 yards. He hasn't had 800 yards in a season in three years now. He's That's not, brutal. I mean, he, he's a guy that should be an 80 because he's an average guy. He's a number two. He's a, you know, getting an 80, there's enough wide receivers above that to where you're sitting in like the 30 to 40 range for ranking wise for wide receivers. That's right where Golden Tate should be. He'd be a guy that you're really happy to have as your number two. If he's your number one, you go, uh, we're in trouble. Yet he's an 84. <laughs> Cole Beasley is an 83. Yeah, Cole, because mean, he's a veteran. They, they, yeah, their wide receiver crazy. rankings are a joke, and they've always been a joke. Just looking at these numbers, I mean, this is how is Jamison Crowder the same ranking as Debo Samuel? Like, in what universe is Jamison Crowder as good as Debo Samuel? It's insanity. I, you're making me like the game less, which is a shame because I've already bought it. But I move <laughs> See, on. I haven't okay. bought a Madden and. Oh, probably four or five years at this point. It's just not worth the money, and they it's don't the, drop their price. It's the one game that I play year round now, and now my son is like, he loves it. Loves it. It used like to I, be that way for me. Yeah, it used to be. I played that game year round. It was the one game, even when I, I was a flat broke college student, mm-hmm. that I bought. It was the one game that I would buy, even though I really shouldn't be buying it because I can't afford it. And that stopped. And when it stopped, I mean, I, I haven't, I've missed it. I will say I've missed it at times because it's nice to play a dang football game during football season. Hell yeah. I mean, I used, I was somebody that used to make it an actual playing the games, make it 20 years into a franchise. Oh yeah. And, I mean, I, I used to play that all the time, but the game has just not been fun for a solid decade now. And guess why? Because they have no competition. Yeah, the I used to buy uh, both games. I used to buy 2K and Madden and play them both. I remember when 2K came out with that uh, linebacker vision or whatever they called it. I don't remember what they called it, but you could do first player view. Yeah, where you person. saw like you were. Yeah, you saw like you were through the helmet. They're the ones that created that. There's no competition, and without competition, there's no innovation. That's fair. All right, one more then, since you hate the game so much. And I have to go to the quarterback, as always. 
Jimmy Garoppolo, 83. He's the 11th best quarterback in the game. He is sandwiched in between Dak Prescott, who's slightly ahead, and Matthew Stafford, slightly below. Any issue with Jimmy G at 83? When I first heard he was an 83, I thought, wow, that's pretty low. I mean, he, he has his warts, but he should be in the high 80s. Then I looked at the rankings. I saw where he ranked. He's actually tied with Matthew Stafford at an 83. It's pretty much right where he should be. I, I, I feel like they got that ranking pretty much dead on. I don't like the rating, but that, again, is if you have a super highly rated quarterback in that game, you, you'll wreck another team no matter what they do. His speed is 73. Here's my question. How would you know? The dude never runs. It drives me nuts. <laughs> there are a lot of times. I don't know if it was the knee or what, but the, there were times last year where he could have taken off and he just doesn't ever move. Well, it's probably because he has a coach that says, don't you dare do it. <laughs> I don't think Shanahan likes his quarterback risking his body at all. He does not want the quarterback. In his mind, he would much rather take the dang sack and I'll find a play that works for the next play. I feel like that's not in today's NFL. I feel like that's, uh, I know you're in the past, man. But I mean, there, there is one player that is truly a really bad rating should have been much, much higher. I mean, his tackle ratings only a 52 and that should have been a full 99. There's no arguing that that of course is the punter, Mitch Wisnowski. I mean, did you see that hit in the preseason? He should have a tucker rating of a 99. Didn't he get flagged only for that 76 hit? overall? Come on, he should be so high that he could be plugged in for Fred Warner if Warner gets injured. I mean, he hits like a truck. <laughs> By the way, speaking of Fred Warner, did you see the video of him doing the kung fu? Oh, did you see the follow-up to that? No, there was a follow-up? It's not him. It's not? No, that was... Tweeted out by our fellow web zoner, Matt Barr, and uh, Fred Warner first kind of ma- made it a joke saying, you know, it's me, stop asking. But then the real person kind of came forward and they were all joking about it. It's actually a guy who's trying to, I think he's inspiring to be an actor or something like that. Um, so it's actually, I mean, that thing took off. It, yeah, because I Fred I Warner's saw sharing of the video yes. has, I mean, it was over 100K, I think. In, hey, I'm in, looking uh, at it now. Likes. He got. So yeah, Matt Barr has since posted multiple times. It's not really him. Uh, he thought it was. Yeah, um, it was over. It's 16, crazy how it's taken likes. off. So it's not actually him. See, see, I was skeptical on the video. I was like, it kind of looks like him. But then I saw Fred Warner's tweet. Yeah, this is me. Stop asking. And then I was like, okay, I guess it's him. I mean, well, if I that was like really him, idiot. if that was really him. He would have to have the nickname Waterboy because he can go drop kick somebody like I he mean, does in that movie. It was insane. I don't know who this guy is, but. And then I was thinking, like, is this really helping Fred Warner train? But if I was cool enough to do that, I probably would do it and make a video of it. Too, I mean, so. it might put some fear into the people he's going to come tackle. Serious. Well, Aaron Donald is training with fake knives. So well, apparently, so is Javon Kinlaw. Actually. Yeah, I was going to say, so is Kinlaw. But. No, I will say uh, one thing that I did find, if you want a small gripe, is the fact that Fred Warner's an 87, which seems fine, but Bobby Wagner was a 98. I mean, I remember talking on this pod about Bobby Wagner and how he allowed the most yards in coverage by any linebacker in the history of the NFL last year. How the heck is he still a 98? Now, don't get me wrong. He's still a very good player, but 
his claim to fame was being a dominant linebacker in coverage because of his speed. And he was the worst in the NFL at it last year, statistically. That guy should not be well and above the best middle linebacker in the game, but he is on their ratings. Yeah, the next closest is Levante David of the Bucks at a 90, and, and Wagner's a 98. So there's you know eight spots there, essentially, above the next closest guy. And actually, Fred Warner is one, two, three, fifth, the fifth best middle linebacker in the league. That's pretty good. I think for Yeah, for overall, guys, his ranking, he's at the right spot. But you're telling me Bobby Wagner is that much better than any other middle linebacker in the league? No. Not anymore. And I, I love Bobby Wagner, but yeah, I have to agree with you. More coverage yards than anybody, any linebacker in the history. Of yeah, the I remember talking about it like the first game that we played Seattle. I might have mentioned it in an article, um, but I remember bringing it up. I probably actually posted it on Twitter too. But Bobby Wagner at that point, he had allowed something like 300 more yards in coverage than any other linebacker in the league that season. And that just continued. Now, he was left out to dry a lot because that defense was so bad, but he was the target on a lot of those plays. Let me look this up. Let me confirm that it was. But I do remember him being absolutely atrocious, and there's just no way he should be a 98. Now, I got an article pulled up here from The Athletic talking about how he got burned in coverage. According to Sports Radar, Wagner allowed receptions when he was the closest defender with a chance to be the cover. 3.6 times per game for an average of 41 point yard, one yards in 2019. But he the allowed 41 there. yards per game. The frequency and is what com- jumps out to me. They completed 80% of their pass targets against him when he was the nearest defender. That's, that's atrocious. <laughs> to, be, yeah, to be number one, certainly for sure. Um, you, you may have single-handedly ruined Madden for me forever now. Just <laughs> pointing that out. Like now, every time I see Bobby Wagner in there, I'm going to be like, oh, that's right. They don't, they don't lower the vets enough. They don't boost up guys. Like, do you know that, um, Lamar Jackson was in the seventies to start last year's game. And then of course he <laughs> was the MVP and Mahomes was in the seventies the year before his MVP year. Also. I mean, all I got to say is if I ruin Madden for you is uh, welcome to 2020, man. Oh yeah. Keith, thanks. <laughs> And one more thing before we go, because you weren't uh, able to join us when we did it live. So we did the joint 49ers podcast collaboration with the, we did a draft of players you'd want to start a franchise with. And it was just the 49ers roster it was Niners nation locked on 49ers and us and Zane and I handled it and people are crushing our team. And I don't know why. And I'm specifically Kyle Posey of Niners nation is not high on our team. He put us last of the three. And really quick, we have Warner, Debo, Armstead, McGlinchey, Dre Greenlaw, Tart, Bourne, Yuschek, Witherspoon, and Mullins. I think that's a pretty good team. We made the logical choices, the ones that aren't really all that glamorous. They made the ones with the names that fans go, ooh, about. You know, I, I forget which team it was, but one of them pretty much took, I mean, they took in back-to-back picks, Kinlaw and Ayuk. How in the world can you say that's better? Because we don't, we have no clue what they're going to be. Now you might right. think they're going to be great, and the fans, because they were high draft picks, are going to think, well, they're going to be really, really good. They're going to be Hall of Famers. So of course they're going to go with them because they see all the potential. Whereas our teams, all the actual substance. And if you were actually saying we're going to take these teams and put them on the field, 
We would have to be number one because we're the only people that got quality defensive players, quality offensive players, and got a quarterback. I totally agree with you. Um, my biggest fr- point of frustration, by the way, is that we were the third pick. So we had the last pick of the whole draft. So we couldn't get Bosa. We couldn't get Kittle. So we went with Fred Warner as our first pick as, as the best of the remaining people. Uh, I'm sorry, man. When you go Kinlaw and Ayuk back-to-back like Locked On 49ers did, I have serious questions. When you pick D Ford like Kyle Posey and Niners Nation did in the fourth round, guy played 22% of snaps. Weston Richburg was hurt. Quan Alexander was hurt. The Niners Nation, you guys are never going to be on the field. I don't know. I thought we got a raw deal with that. That's all I'm saying. Well, the good news is it doesn't really matter. I mean, I, I saw one comment that said, oh, Niners Nation got Nick Bozo, so I vote them. They had first pick. It has nothing to do with this. That's like, you don't get that's like doing an NFL redraft of every player in the league and the comment being, well, so-and-so got Patrick Mahomes, so I go with them. Well, yeah, they got the best player in the league. That doesn't automatically mean they have the best team. How many Super Bowls did Payne Manning win? One. No, he didn't. He won two. I don't count that second one. He didn't do crap <laughs> for that second one. See, oh, now you're going to get me going on Peyton Manning. But he's the only guy to get to four Super Bowls with four different coaches. Oh, cool. Whoa, yeah, you I don't get many. In, in... <laughs> I grew up in Indiana during his tenure, and I was not a Colts fan. I experienced that bandwagon, which is a Seahawks-level bandwagon. When I was growing up, when I was young, it was Bears fans, maybe an occasional Bengals fan. Never saw Colts stuff, never heard about Colts. People didn't really care. Then all of a sudden, Peyton Manning arrives, and we have the best fan base in the league. (laughs) Remind you of any team? Oh, God. Well, just the fact that the Seahawks hold 12th man shtick. You know, they pay Texas A&M to be able to use that 12th man. Like, it's Texas A&M's thing. They had it first. So it's not even real. Hey, they've won one Super Bowl, so watch out. I was was in an argument with some idiot on Twitter, for, and maybe I'm the idiot for continuing the argument, who was trying to tell me that Pete Carroll was a great head coach. And I, I was in the argument for like days with him. I think Pete Carroll's a great head coach. Is he an all-time great? Heck no. But I think he's one of the better coaches in the league and has been for quite a long time. But I thought, you're, according to your Twitter bio, you're looking for smart people to disagree. I mean, yeah, that's, that's where I ran into difficulty. I got the disagreement part down. Still waiting on the smart. The wait continues. Maybe that's why you do this podcast. That's true. I found I one smart found- guy. <laughs> Oh, well, I can't really, I don't have anything else to add. So why don't we wrap it up there? We will hopefully see I'll, you I want next- the listeners. I was going to say, I'll let the listeners decide on whether or not it's Zane or myself. That is the one smart guy you found on this pod. I'm not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. I will retweet <laughs> out the teams, the draft teams, in case you want to look at that again. Uh, I'm at stats on fire. So you can look for that there. Please like us, subscribe to the podcast, leave comments. We will read them unless they're bad. But no, please, if you like us and you want this to continue, please do that for us. For Levin Black, I'm Rob Stats Guerrero. We'll see you next time.